everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And even though Tech won both of their games this week, I still think the most fun game to watch this week was UAB's Lost to Rice. <laughs> they lost to food. Yeah, I'm also feeling pretty good about myself picking Rice as the scary conference game on our schedule right now after... Yeah, that trademark. After that upset of the Blazers. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Nathan, Nathan's getting paid by the Rice Owls here. <laughs> I wish. That's a rich school. They could afford me. Didn't realize that you valued yourself so highly, but yeah. That, that's true. I think anyone but Tech could probably afford me. But instead of talking about Rice, we're here to talk about Louisiana Tech basketball and uh, Lady Texas basketball and even some football news that came out today. But first, we'll start with that basketball because Tech took home two wins on the road over yeah. Texas schools and UTEP and UTSA and two not even close matchups. Yeah, they fucked the whole state of Texas. <laughs> well, except for oh. Rice and North Texas, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get um, there. We're going to do the four fecta. Yeah, and I just want to start out here by saying, you know, it's really hard to win games in, on the road. You know, they traveled from El Paso to San Antonio, which is eight hours by car. I'm sure they... I'm sure they flew between no, those they places. Take, but they take the, the Hinden, the Hinden Tech. Well, that would still be flying, wouldn't it? It's faster than driving. Uh, Nathan, you're gonna have to edit out a lot of coughs, my friend. I'm sorry. It's all right. Um, um, luckily, <laughs> just the GTPDD podcast was affected by COVID this week, and not Louisiana Tech basketball. So, yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and start out with the 90 second recap for UTEP. Like all great soccer matches and basketball games, of course, the score was one to zero at the first media timeout. You know, five minutes go by, one bas or not even a basket, a free throw has gone in. But after some shots finally started falling and it became eight to seven UTEP, Tech exploded for a twenty-three to four run, making the score thirty to twelve after it was one to nothing with five minutes gone in the game. UTEP was only able to close that gap um, to sixteen points by halftime, um, and the second half. Kind of started out much of the same. At nine minutes left in the game, it was pretty smooth sailing. The Bulldogs were up 53-34. to 34, But then Tech suddenly went really, really cold. And Jamal Bienemy, which was just about the only player for UTEP who wanted to make any shots, um, hit two clutch three-pointers UTEP uh, to fuel a UTEP 13-point run, bringing the 19-point deficit down to six for them. So... With five minutes left, you kind of sit up in your chair and you're like, oh, shit, are we still playing? What's going on here? But then Lofton kind of took over the game for a little bit. He he went layup, offensive board, put back layup, and then he had a steal and a long distance outlet pass to Kobe Williams to bring the lead back up to 13 points. And suddenly the Bulldog defense remembered how to play and held UTEP to just five points for the rest of the game. So Tech ends up leaving El Paso with a 64 to 52 win. Yeah, I mean, that place in that game where the deficit was down to six points or Tech's lead was down to six points. It got scary there for a second because we know UTEP's a good team and we just played them really well. But when we start to kind of coast in that second half, they start to catch up and can we reignite our fire? And it turns out we can and we did. But I, yeah. I was scared in that moment. Before that 13-0 run, Tech's had a 99.0 chance to win. And then it it dropped sharply in about two minutes time down to 90.1%, but never really in, in doubt that we were going to win. But, you know, the Western Kentucky game, we were, 
you know, Western had a had a ninety nine point two percent chance to win or some crazy shit like that. So, um, you know, it was a little bit of an edge of your seat moment. Yeah, well, it's always a tough time when you're playing the uh, the fighting uh, Jamal B enemies. Right. Yeah, I think what was From it? New Orleans. He's from New Orleans. I mean, at the end of the game, he had scored twenty eight of their fifty two points as a team. Um, he actually wins Ken Palm's offensive MVP of the game, even though his team lost by 12, which I've never really seen that before. But shout out to him. Um, Sully Boom, who was the other player that we were supposed to be scared of, you know, really didn't. He made one field goal and then he made two three pointers late in the game. But Evan, with your point about Sully Boom, I think one of the things that was really important in this game was Kobe Williams was who was assigned to cover mm-hmm. Boom. And Kobe is he's very good. You have to look and watch defense to really appreciate it. It's not like you can make a bunch of shots and it's it shows up in the stat report and you see it after the game. But Kobe Williams in this game played fine, wasn't his best effort or anything like that, at least offensively, but defensively, he shut down solely boom and kept him from getting hot. In fairness, uh, Kobe was the leading scorer, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I mean I thought Kobe Williams had a great game, actually. Um yeah. had a great weekend. And honestly, he's had a great conference like the last four games he's been awesome. And yeah, you're right about it doesn't show up in the stat sheet because he's got two steals, which so do so do Lofton and Willis. But just the fact that a guy who's scoring 19 points per game coming in in Sully Boom was held to eight points. And most of those were in garbage time at the end of the game when it really didn't matter. I mean, he wasn't even really taking shots, to be honest with you. Like he's one for six from from two and two for six from three in the game. But this is their leading scorer, right? I mean, you expect him to start taking shots until you know to so he can warm up right but he wasn't even taking shots and the announcers were kind of were kind of marveling at the fact that he didn't seem in it you know first half he took four shots three of them three-pointers and missed all four of them yeah (laughs) so yeah not not a great especially first half let alone night from solely boom but the other guy we've mentioned in this game from utah jamal b enemy uh his stretches in this game are kind of incredible and and maybe the reason why I love making these uh, lineup charts on the GoTech stats account on Twitter because he has two stretches in the first half where he hits a three, a three, a two, and a two all within a four-minute stretch and then later in the same half immediately goes for a two, a three, and a three within the final two minutes. And those two stretches make up most of his points on the night. He also hits uh, eight more points in the second half. But he got hot quick and then just stop shooting for whatever reason. Tech was able to take him out of the game too, I guess. But those two guys were really this entire UTEP team. Unlike Tech, who their bench provided a lot of support in this game. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't notice Kobe Williams as much as even though he was Tech's leading scorer. This was a total team effort. And I don't just mean total starter effort. Uh, That stretch where Tech goes 23 to four in the first half where they kind of take over this game. Here was the lineup for most of that run. You have Amori Archibald, of course, but then Caleb Stewart, LaDamian Bradford, David Green, and Kenny Hunter. Those are wow. four bench players yeah, in the there yeah. powering that run. Wow. 22 points on the bench. Wow. And Nathan, yeah. I gotta I gotta shout you out for these lineup charts. Like I'm I'm looking at this and realizing how beneficial this is for us talking about this game. Cause like you can really visualize like the lineups, which is something I've never really been able to to articulate right because i'm not sitting there like taking notes on who's on the court at a given moment so um check out gtpdd underscore stats on twitter give give that a follow and you'll see these um 
I guess you're saying it's still in beta, but you're tweeting them out anyway. So yeah, they're in beta because I'm making improvements to them pretty consistently, right. including next week where I'll start separating out the starters from the bench players. So stuff like this becomes even more evident. But also, look how many rebounds Junior has in the first stint he plays. Yeah, yeah. Got one, two, I, three, four, five, six, seven rebounds in the first like I, seven minutes of the game. It's absolutely hysterical. Ending the night with 18 boards. Yeah. Career high. By it's the way, like, it's like it's almost as if this man's just out there uh, punching people in the face and jumping up and grabbing the ball. <laughs> I really enjoy it. I mean, and you could even look at these two games. I guess we could talk about this later, but you could even look at these two games and say just from the stat line, like, oh, wow, Lofton didn't have as dominant of a performance. But like, no, he he averaged 11 and a half points and 17 rebounds across these two games. Yeah. <laughs> that and the man's passing. And assists are, they're getting up there, man. The amount of times this guy like heaves the ball down court and finds a, you know, a wide open tech player for an easy layup is just like, it's becoming routine. And that sort of thing is not routine, right? It, it's like, we're so spoiled by everything Junior Lofton does that it's like, oh, he only scored 12 points. Oh, but he had 18 rebounds and three assists. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, a couple more notes I have from this game is that, Tech allowed 52 points, which is the fewest allowed by the Bulldogs so far this year. So, yeah, this was a defensive put down of a good UTEP team. But then also uh, listening because of our COVID issues in the GTPDD program, we're recording this episode a day late, which means I was able to listen to the coaches show before we record this. Oh, nice. And that means that I heard Coach Conkle talk about the situation in UTEP and the fact that it was apparently very, very, very hot in that arena that night. Uh, really? So much so they talked about it for five or ten minutes. And so I imagine the ice cream they had after this very warm <laughs> game where they shot equally as hot was very nice and very cold. Nice. Yeah, well well earned. That would have sucked to lose and then not get ice cream to cool down yeah. afterwards. But um, that, that's what fired them back up when the when the miners started coming back and got that lead down to six. They're like, oh no, we're not getting ice cream and we Taco's really not, need it. Taco's not in there drawing X's and O's on the board. He just draws an ice cream cone. Like, Do you want this? Do you want this? It's fucked up. <laughs> it worked so yeah it worked but yeah let's jump over to the next game which took place in an arena that i imagine wasn't quite as warm if only because there was there's less cubic feet to heat up because utsa's basketball arena is tiny yeah yeah transition so yeah the 90 second recap for this game against the roadrunners uh it was hard to talk about that utep game for too long because of just it was a blowout but that game at least had the courage to be interesting for a little uh, this game starts off with the usual back and forth for a little bit, but then when UTSA takes their first lead of the game with 11 minutes left in the first half, Tech goes on a 9-0 run and never looks back. Yeah, that first lead of the game was their only lead of the game. Uh, by halftime, Tech is up by 14, 40-26, in part due to a stretch where Tech made six of seven straight shots. They were just on fire, and maybe <laughs> not literally in this game but the second half is even less interesting as just a general watching basketball game kind of goes uh, the bulldogs were in control i would say pretty much the entire way but it was the entire way and in the end tech wins this game at 79 to 63 huh. yeah i mean just complete domination tech shot out you know lights out in this game tech shot 48.4 percent from from two and 50 percent from three in this game 
Only shot 41% from the free throw line, though, which is sad. But, you know, when you're up by 30 points, I guess the motivation isn't there or whatever. But, yeah, I, I don't know. What else can you say about this game other than Amori Archibald? My God, where has this been for the last, like, season and a half from you? Y- y'all see the stat line, right? Yeah, yeah you should go ahead and read it, though. Yeah, 32 minutes played. Okay, 12 for 14 from the field, 6 for 6 from 3. Uh, three <laughs> rebounds, two assists, one steal, 31 points for Amori Archibald. That is a career high for him. <laughs> six for six from three. Although yeah, ridiculous, I'm not convinced he did miss one that looked like a three. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering if the official score didn't just say, oh no, his foot was on the line. So we'll give him a miss from two <laughs> instead of a miss from three uh, for that. But <laughs> he only missed two shots in the game and he took... Do they add together field goals and three pointers? I don't remember. Yeah, that's that's three and two. Okay, so he missed two shots in the game, and he took fourteen. Amazing. He missed two two pointers. One of the things that kind of got me about this game was just the team didn't seem to be into it early. Archibald definitely heated up and kind of carried this team, but the offense just even just the five starters out there very early in this game just it looked like the set plays. There was some confusion. There was some no wait you go here I go there that kind of hand motioning uh what people complain about jamar doing after passes just it looked like we need to get our st- our shit together because utsa is a bad team but we have lost to bad teams before oh yeah and so i'm glad they were able to figure it out and then triple a just not being able to miss at least a triple uh really helped us out there too hmm. one of those two point shots by archibald was a fast break dunk which was fun that kind of almost pretty much started his his dominance in this game where he really started to heat up. Uh, this game also featured that junior to Stewart cross court pass, which seems like every weekend now we're getting a hail Mary from junior that results in points. Right. Yeah. I noticed the announcers were talking about, you know, Sonny Cumbie w- wanting to trot him out at quarterback next year, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's our joke, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Beat you to um, it. Yeah, but it's not the announcers that I'm going to complain about, though. It's the refs in this game. It's not that they weren't fair and we won the game by a lot, so it feels unkind to complain about the refs too much. But on both both ends of the court, they just did not want to call contact fouls. So Lofton would go up, miss a layup, but he would get fouled pretty hard on the way up and nothing would get called. And the same thing would happen on the other side of the court so that we knew that Lofton would never get in foul trouble all night because they weren't calling anything. But it really kind of took him out of the game, and it meant that we couldn't rely on getting the ball inside and scoring points in the paint because they're not going to call fouls. So they know that by halftime, and so that they can just start basically mauling our big, and nothing's going to come of it. So Archibald heating up, especially from three, and then not even just him, Kobe Williams in this game, also going five for eight from three. Uh, We needed that in this game. We needed to be 14 of 28 from three in this game because we could not form an inside presence because those contact fouls underneath the hoop were not being called. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a little interesting. I I know I messaged you guys early in the game and said, you know, it's weird to see Lofton being single teamed out there. And then he still wasn't like, he didn't even make a basket in the first half, right? Like, am I, am I looking at your chart here correctly, Nathan? I don't see a make until the second half but it looks like some are missing there actually so it might be there's a reason why it's in beta so that i can say it's in beta so um (laughs) yeah looking at the first half box score yeah he did hit three field goals okay yeah yeah 
So, I, but he was being single teamed by a guy, I think by Jacob Germany, who is taller than him, but like not. I mean, it wasn't like the matchup last year with uh, with what's his name from Western Kentucky, right? Where it was like, oh, wow, this is a great matchup. We have to watch. I mean, Jacob Germany is fine, but like I was surprised that Lofton wasn't more dominant. But I think you're right. I think it was it was OK. He does what he does and goes to the basket and just wasn't, you know, they're mauling him on the way up and he's not getting the fouls. And so that kind of eats into your your game and how you play. Right. Because if you're not going to like the the shots that he's taking are high percentage shots if he's open. But if he's got two guys draped on him going up. It's not a high percentage shot. So then you start taking shots from the outside, which we've been frustrated by the past couple weeks when it didn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. But this game, I mean, not only is Archibald six for six from three, um, Kobe Williams is five for eight, four of those in the first half. So, I mean, just a great three point shooting night for the Bulldogs, especially from those leaders, those starters, the, the guys that you're hoping can fill in when a guy like Lofton isn't putting up 20 points a night. Yeah, I, I think my worry coming out of this is just if this kind of thing happens and we're not able to to drive and we have to sell for these three points, we've seen before what happens when we're not on fire from three. And we happen to be this game and we have to play a team that wasn't going to put up too much of a fight anyway. But I'd, I would be nervous if this exact officiating thing happened again against UAB or or even Rice. But I mean that at this point in the season too, it's we're doing very well. What can we find to complain about? Because something has to get better, hopefully over time. And we're pretty good right now, so yeah, there's not too much to talk yeah. about in that category. I mean, just to to say kind of where we are and transition into you know the next segment here. Tech is thirteen and three right now, and four and zero oh in conference play to start out. I can't remember what they said on the broadcast maybe you remember from the coaches show but we haven't started 4-0 in conference play in quite some time right oh i've actually got it right here since 2013 2013 our first season in conference usa was the only other time we started 4-0 and we've been good the whole time right so uh, something impressive is going on here (laughs) (laughs) matt sounds unimpressed (laughs) We'll, we'll see how they do in the tournament Hey, I've got a quick uh, trivia question for you guys. All right. So Amori Archibald became the second Bulldog this season and the what number in program history to record 30 points in a game. So how many how many people, including Amori Archibald, have scored 30 points in a game at Louisiana Tech? 69. No. No. Well, yeah. Gave my best shot. You're not too far off. Really? I was going to go like 12. That that would be that would be low. It's 48. Oh. oh, yeah. So two have done it this season because Lofton had one earlier this year against. Uh, actually, he may have two this year. Does he? I don't know. He did <laughs> it against NC State and maybe Santa Clara. Or did he have 29 points against Santa Clara? I don't know. I don't remember Santa Clara uh, against Santa Clara. He had 31. Good for so, him. Fun stuff. Yeah, he's fun yeah. to watch. He's fun to watch and he'll hopefully be fun to watch this weekend. When Tech takes on Southern Miss. Before we start previewing those games, though, the way that the computer polls have changed over the week, Massey has gone from Tech being 110th, which is comically low, to 101st, which still what feels low. What is Massey low. doing? Come I on, don't Massey. Know. Massey sucks. I need to turn right? it off and turn it back on again. Uh, Ken Palm ranks us 72nd, up from 79th a week ago. And Net also had us at 79th, and now only up to 77th. 
So Ken Palm ranks us the highest, so the Ken Palm rankings are my favorite right now. Yeah. But then, Evan, some other things happened in Conference USA Play this week, including one thing that we kind of hinted at at the beginning of the show. Yeah, so you you mentioned um, our boys UAB going down uh, to Rice on Saturday evening, which that one was fun to watch the end of that game right after our game ended. But before that, UAB and North Texas clashed in what was a quad one battle um, whether you're you're a Ken Palm fan or a net rankings fan, I believe both of those teams were in quad one in both. So really good for the conference to see that kind of game happening, you know, this far into the season and have some strong, you know, some strong candidates to potentially be an at large bid. Um, we'll see. But a UAB ended up coming out on top 69 to 63. Looked like a really fun game. I did not get to watch it, you know, struggling uh, to to stay alive and whatnot. I, I wasn't able to, to watch uh, any, anything more than my teams this weekend, but UAB then followed up that huge win with a loss down in Houston to rice on Saturday evening, which leaves tech in sole possession of first place in the conference. So uh, normally it takes a little longer for that sort of thing to happen, but we're four and right now. So we might as well enjoy it. Right. And hopefully after this weekend, we'll be six and out because we're playing a Southern Miss team. That is be better. <laughs> The first game is Thursday, January 13th at home at the TAC, 6 p.m. Central or broadcast on CBS Sports Network. The away game part of this trip will be on Sunday, 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 January 16th, 2 p.m. Central at the Reed Green Coliseum or broadcast on ESPN+. Five and nine on the year so far, the Eagles are, and currently ranked 300th in Ken Palm. Their best win on the year comes over number 237, UC San Diego, at a neutral site, but their worst loss comes over number 240 ULM. This one on the road, 74 to 65. Yeah. They're they're just, they're just not very good. Uh, Like I've said on, on Twitter that I have not seen Southern Miss fans, right? Since we've really been running the GoTech account since what, 2016 or something like that is when we started the Twitter with one Um, exception. Yeah. I I mean, it's crazy how like little, they've interacted with us like our main beef has been with north texas and with uab and you know we we interact with rice people sometimes and you and uh utsa people but like southern miss who's supposed to be our main you know our main rival or whatever is just non-existent and it's kind of sad like their their basketball team was good when i was in college and it was like us and them right we're we're competing for kind of regional you know mid-major status and like now they're just they're just bad man like we traveled i think my senior year we or maybe my junior year we traveled to southern miss for an nit game um like the hoop troop went and i think we lost that game it was sad but southern miss like used to be good at stuff and now they're just so bad and it's like i guess they're happy to be going to the Sun Belt. but i said with one exception earlier that one exception is not a person or an account it's Whenever it gets brought up about moving the baseball tournament, oh all of a God. sudden there are a million Southern Miss fans I know. on the internet. It's so funny. But, uh, <laughs> and they come out talking trash with me like they talk trash with me all the time. And I'm like, what are you guys even talking? Like they're, they have talking points and stuff. And I'm like, where are you coming from with this shit? I don't. <laughs> they're like making oh, well, fun yeah. of our baseball stadium. And I'm like, our baseball stadium is perfect. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with y'all. But I think really my takeaway from all of this is that if we threaten to move their basketball program, they'll suddenly care about it and they may start right. winning again. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk about this team and stop <laughs> joking around about it for a little bit. And we have to be serious because Southern Miss's team is seriously bad, especially offensively. 
They are below average at two-point shooting, three-point shooting, and in the bottom 35 in college basketball in free throw shooting. Oof. They are also bottom 35 in college basketball and turning the ball over offensively. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe they I- keep turning the ball over because they know they can't hit the bucket anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you if you look at their ranks in conference, the only things they are top five in CUSA in are free throw attempts to field goal attempts. They're third in that. So that means they get to the line a, a good amount, I guess. But then they don't make those shots. Like you said, Nathan, they're 13th in free throw percentage in the conference. They're also fourth in average possession length. So they hold the ball for a long time, I guess. That's that's really it. Offensively, they're they're bottom of the barrel, even in, in terms of Conference USA, which has some pretty bad teams down at the bottom. Yeah, and defensively, they're better, I guess. Not by much. Uh, their two-point defense is, is pretty good, so they're able to force some teams into some bad uh, two-point shots. But really, nothing stands out or says, hey, look, they're really good at this one thing, so we need to watch out for this one thing because there's nothing really here that I've seen that we are to be especially afraid of other than the fact that it's Southern Miss and they seem to usually have our card on things. Yeah. Cool. And this Southern Miss team, by the way, just played UTEP on Saturday, two days after we did, we held UTEP to 52 points and beat them by 12. UTEP won 87 to 54. Wow. Whew. Now with that being said, Southern Miss did beat UTSA 74 to 73, but we beat UTSA 79 to 63. So and and that could have been worse too. We took our foot oh, off the gas there oh, at the yeah. end. It's I mean, we we didn't play starters for the last five minutes, basically. Yeah, we gotta see what Stacy Thomas looks like in twenty twenty two. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, players to watch wise for the Southern Miss team. I have Isaiah Moore, who spells his first name with only one A. I'm going to continue to pick the other team's big, as long as that big is somewhat good, because what I'm most afraid of is someone covering up Lofton or challenging Lofton or or whatever, because when Lofton's good, I don't think we can lose. And Moore is their big. He can shoot fairly well for a big and grab a decent amount of rebounds as well. So I would watch out for him. Maybe not so much shutting down Lofton, but maybe also scoring over him on the other side of the court. What about this guy, Tyler Stevenson? He's actually averaging a little bit more defensive rebounds per game than Lofton is. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, it's marginal, but if he's as good as Lofton, uh, that might be something to look out for. It should be noted that his offensive rebounding is not nearly as good as Lofton's, but his defensive rebounding is as good. So might keep an eye out on the Stevenson-Lofton matchup. That might be the one that you want to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I picked Moore because Moore six ten to Stevenson six eight. So I imagine when they're both on the court, Lofton will be matched up against Moore. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's it's it, the ball may bounce a different way and bounce away from the Lofton Moore tie up and right into Stevenson's hands as well. Yeah, yeah so a lot of the times too, they'll put both of those guys on the floor together. That really plays in Southern Miss's favor if they can execute. You know, Stevenson will play the five and the four, but um, it'll be really interesting to watch both of you guys um, players to watch here on the court together um, and see if they can't get something going inside um, with that size six, eight and six ten. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick um, their point guard, Waylon Knapper. He is a sophomore. He's particularly good at assists. His assist rate is actually 29th in the nation. I mean, he's not really a scoring threat. He's, he's scored in double digits three times this season, but He's had an eight assist game, a seven assist game. Southern Miss has a three game win streak back uh, in November 
against Lamar, UNCW, and UC San Diego, where he put up he put up 18 assists across those three games. So um, this guy can dish it out sometimes, and you know he's also got like his UTEP performance was pretty bad, just two assists um, and eight points. But if he can if he can find the open man, you know that can be their key to success. So if we can just bottle him up, Tech should shouldn't have too much of a problem. Yeah, and the polls don't think that Tech will have too much of a problem either. Ken Palm gives Tech a 95% chance to win the home game with a final score predicted of 79 to 61. And the away game, they predict Tech to win by 76 to 64, an 86% chance to win. Massey, again, is going to be a little less up on the Bulldogs for whatever reason. They give Tech a 92% chance to win the first game and 82% chance to win the second game with lower scores from tech really 75 to 61 for the home game and 73 to 64 for the away game so they, but even massey thinks tech will win both games that's funny ken palm and massey both think that southern miss is going to score 61 away and 64 at home so wow, um, wow. they just differ in how many points tech is going to score that's <laughs> yeah, a glitch in the matrix yeah but yeah wow. so let's go ahead and predict this game for ourselves real quick how do we think this game will go do we think tech will win both only win one maybe and by how many points? Evan, you want to start us off? Uh, I, I think Tech wins both these games. I think the home game should be 20 points. The away game might be something more like 12 points like we saw last weekend. Yeah, that's basically the... We should dominate this team. Um, mm-hmm. Tech has shown this year so far, especially in conference play, that we don't necessarily need dominating offensive performances from Kenneth Lofton to win. We haven't really had a, a dominating offensive mm-hmm. performance from Lofton yet in conference play. You know, he, he's been putting up, you know, double digits, but not 30 points like he did against Santa Clara to win that game. Right. So we've we've shown this season so far that we can win whether Lofton is dominating inside or not. So I, I just don't see how a team like Southern Miss can stop our kind of multifaceted attack. No, they don't have a chance. <laughs> I think they they. They don't quite, but I think they do in the first game. I think Tech has a scare at home, and it's a down-to-the-final-minute kind of game where Tech wins by four or six or something that makes it look like it's not on the final shot because it's not on the final shot, but it gets real scary at the end. And then I think Tech blows Southern Miss out in the second game, winning by 15 or something on uh, the Golden Eagles' home court. Uh, I, I just think Southern Miss comes into this game the same way that we saw against UTSA it takes Tech a little bit to get into a game against an inferior opponent. And I think Southern Miss takes advantage of that in the first game. And then Tech knows to look for that in the second game and makes the right adjustments to just be in control of that one the entire way. Yeah, but for the Texters, on the other hand, usually they've mm. been playing the same opponents the men's basketball team has. But this week was a little different. Isn't that right, Evan? Yeah, some weird COVID shit happened. So I think they, I don't know why, but they moved up a USM game, I guess. I, I don't. I don't yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, both the both the UTEP and UTSA games got canceled because of COVID issues at those two schools. Yeah. And so Southern Miss had oh. were playing the same opponents and UTSA and UTEP. Gotcha. And that so they sense. moved up those two games. Yeah. Yeah. Good good stuff, CUSA, for uh rotating on the fly like that. However, <laughs> um <laughs> the Texters decided to lose at home to Southern Miss, sixty five to fifty nine, um, which, you know, there's no other way to put it, but it sucks. I saw on the the game notes here that the Lady Texters now have a losing record all time to Southern Miss, which is probably one of the few programs in existence that we have a losing record to all time. Oh yeah, 
um, especially like a regional, like random school like Southern Miss and not somebody like Tennessee, right? Like I'm sure we have a losing record to Tennessee, but we don't yeah. actually. Do we not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure that we you were very confident about that. I was going to believe you if you had yeah. just backed it up. But um, <laughs> no. the only thing worth noting about this game was that Kiana Walker became the 43rd Lady Texter to score 1,000 points in her career all time. Um, so congratulations to her. She's one of a, a long line of very good players that have gone to Louisiana Tech. Um, unfortunately, that hasn't translated into you know victories because Tech is now 0-3 in Conference USA play and all of the you know, I think we went eight and three or something like that in, in non-conference. And now we're sitting here at eight and five and it's not, not looking good. And I don't know where we go from here because we play Southern Miss again, this time on the road on Thursday night, Southern Miss is number 231 in Massey. I didn't write it down, but I think we're in the one eighties now, one eighty five or something like that. It'll be on ESPN plus. Uh, this time, though, the, the computers only give Tech a 42% chance to win and predict a 64 to 61 victory for the old lady buzzards. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I've been optimistic, but now it's kind of like now that it matters, they're just losing games again. So I, I don't know what to think about the Texters right now. Eh, it's been an ugly, ugly 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It felt like there may have been some hope this year to start to turn to write the ship against yeah, it's, all the momentum that's been heading in the wrong direction over those past 20 years. But that, that seems to have fizzled out. But while the last 20 years have been a struggle for the Lady Texter program, the men's football team only had one year of such a drastic downturn. And so next year will be hopefully the start of a new era with Sunday Combi. We've talked a lot about this in the last few weeks and the staff that he's brought in and everything else. But there was some big news this week that came out about this 2022 schedule that will be the inaugural schedule for Sunny Combi, including the inaugural game. It was supposed to be against Baylor. I'll, I'll take over from here. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Tech, instead of opening up the season, what, on the road or at home against Baylor, right? No, on the road. On the road. But there was supposed to be a home and away. Yeah, there was supposed to be yeah. a home game in 2026 or something like that. When I'm 34. Yeah, it was originally going to be a two for one where we played two games at Baylor and one at home. But because of COVID that first game got canceled. And so then it was a one and one, which Baylor deemed unacceptable. And I yeah. guess and I get here, that. Which so. brings us to the announcement. Um, La Tech football will be opening up their inaugural season with Sonny Cumbie at the helm on the road in Columbia, Missouri against the Missouri Tigers, which is a two and a half hour drive from my home. I'm very, very, very excited um, Julia and I already have it planned out. That's my, not memorial. That is Labor Day weekend. Uh, Ooh, okay. So, Maybe I, you know what, Matt? We'll see. You, Evan. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Didn't even give me a firm yes. Just give me a we'll see. Uh, <laughs> no, I forgot it was Labor Day weekend though. So that makes it a lot more a lot more doable. It, I think it is Labor Day weekend. I'm very very excited because I thought I was going to have to wait until the following season to catch Tech in Lincoln. And now it looks like I'm going to be able to catch Tech like several years in a row because they're going to be playing at Mizzou. They're going to be playing at Nebraska. Uh, there's a game not too long after that at KU. So I'm very, very happy that Tech's going to be uh, 
Tech's going to be hanging out in the Midwest. I don't know what prompted Mizzou to put us on their schedule, but I'm very thankful. But yeah, one last thing to do on this show, and that's the Tweet of the Week. Uh, yeah, so this week's Tweet of the Week, Evan, you want to tell us about it? Yeah, this week's Tweet of the Week goes to our good friend at CUSA BBS, um, who quote tweeted us. So I guess that's a factor here. But we had said Rice and UAB in a dogfight with under three remaining. Get to YouTube. Um, and then CUSA BBS quote tweeted us and said, losing to Rice in basketball and football during the same season, the epitome of brutality. So uh, getting in a dig at UAB is always fun. Um, so there you go. Tweet of the week. Yeah. And so that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Police on Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where there may be some content in the form of blog posts up uh, sooner or later. But there's also the shop at gtpdd.dog slash shop. As if any of us are working on anything. Maybe you are. I started to work on something and then realized there was nothing there and stopped. So (laughs) I tried. It just didn't turn into anything. Uh, Yeah. But at the gtpdd shop, you can get the January shirt of the month which is a Go Tech, Please Don't Die shirt, but tech is crossed out and replaced by your team's favorite slogan or name or whatever, depending on if we felt like we would get sued about it. So you get a Go Herd, Please Don't Die shirt, or a Go 49ers, Please Don't Die shirt, or whatever you want, with the proceeds of this going to a GoFundMe organized by the Western Kentucky Kicker to help the tornado victims in that Bowling Green, Kentucky area. Uh, it's been great. We've sold a few shirts, a handful of shirts so far, and I meant to do the calculations before the show, but sometime this tweet, I'll tweet how much we've raised so far. Which school have we sold the most to? Do you know offhand? We have the, the most to Western Kentucky. I know we've also okay. sold an ODU, a Marshall, and uh, I believe a UTSA shirt as well. Yeah. Where are UAB people at, man? Yeah. I mean, I guess no, it's no, still no. a pretty niche uh, thing to want, but you know, it's for a good cause. So yeah. I, I doubt any of these people are listening to this show, but probably not. Uh, we'll tweet it out a few more times throughout the course of the month. So, um, God, has it only been 11 days since you put this out? Yeah. Jesus. It's been a long 11 days. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, it has. <laughs> I haven't left my house in 11 days. Go yeah. back. I, I mean, I have. I've taken the dogs outside, but you're a liar. Yeah, you fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my house extends to my property line, sir. Come on. It doesn't. The house is a physical thing. Your property extends from the property line. All right. All right. All right. Wow, anyway, ethics. that shop and possibly the blog post where Evan will talk about how homes actually do and houses do extend all the way to the property line, that post might be written up and put on gtpdd.dog. Yeah. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. I know that the Texters lost the 98 title game to Tennessee, and I'm not sure the Texters have been worth a crap since then. I think they went pretty deep in 2004 or three, maybe, but it's been pretty bad for almost 20 years. And it sucks, but yep. I mean, what are you going to do? Well, I can yeah. tell you what you can do. You can stop sucking. <laughs> Go back in time and, and make Dan Renault accept a five-year contract from Kim Mulkey. But Kim Mulkey's kind of a kind of a flaky person, so... 
I don't think that we well, do. I accept knows? her anti-vaxxing psychosis and multinational championships. Yeah, probably. <laughs>